1: Log Talk Radio.
0: Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful, this is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev, Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener.
1: Welcome. Excuse me, I should have uncleared my throat. If I was a true professional, I would have done it. But I'm new to the radio. I don't know nothing about no radio. I'm new to it. (laughs) Hey, look, you guys. This is a special deal here. I don't know how many you'll be able to listen. Uh, some of you'll probably have to listen as a as a recording. Um, we want to um, we really we're we're very interested in getting this information out. Uh, we've been asked and asked and asked and asked and asked and, asked, and uh, so we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're there's a couple of things that are going to now, uh, happen today. Um by the way, we've switched to Wednesdays. I know you guys know that, you guys that follow the show. We've typically switched to Wednesdays, but with the events that have happened, we decided based upon, um, I don't know about popular demand, but people have been saying, hey, we want to know what you think about this, and um, it is uh, it is a very important time. The biggest mass murder we've ever had here in on American soil, uh, other than military, so um i would say to you that it is a military it is a military war it, it is a but it's not one the military fights on their own we all have to fight we absolutely all have to fight so uh it is uh one of those things that um it's got to be done <clears throat> got to be done so i decided i would do it Uh, normally Sunday or uh, Monday is my rest day. My voice gets pretty tired from speaking and all that stuff. And it just, it just becomes, uh, it really becomes a, um, it really becomes a deal where it's difficult for me to, to talk, to be quite honest with you. Uh, And so I, you know, I get tired and I have to rest my voice and then uh, and then what happens next uh, is, you know, that I lose my voice and all that stuff. Anyway, it's inconsequential. The deal is, <clears throat> here's the deal. What people have been asking me, uh, you know, since this happened is what's the, what's the truth. And I don't know that I have a mountain of real truth. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going around. It's, um it, people are are saying a lot of things some is true some some is not um but um i really you know we're we're at the we're we're really at the point where um it, we've got to start really speaking the hard truth i i'm i'm trying to put this in a way that is is, is something that just doesn't come off as, um, oh, I don't know, hyperbole, scare tactics. I'm not sure which word I would use. Uh, but the truth is, is um, for me personally, I think the time is gone for all that. I think we need to stop worrying about hyperbole. By the way, welcome to the world. Lincoln J. Regus, 7 pounds, 3 ounces, 20 and a half inches long. Um, and one of my friends, Angela Regus, and one of the friends of, of uh, my late brother, Dean. Um, she just had a baby. I'm looking at pictures just sent to me just now. That is very, very exciting. Um, I'm going to tell her, and we're just telling Pretty cool, man. How about the internet, man? You you no longer have to wait for some little some little note in the mail to arrive with a little Polaroid. Remember that? So times have sure changed. Hey. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, I think I really believe that it's time to stop with. With all of the PC crap, I, I've never, you know me, I've never been, if you listen to the show 10 minutes, you know that that's not my thing. I do have to sometimes, um, as i become more and more of a, a prominent figure, prominent, I mean, thats I'm not prominent, but you know what I'm saying, As people know me. To think about, uh, I really have to think about what I say and how I say it. You know what I say and and how I say it, and I hate doing that uh, we don't we don't temper anything that we say, but we we really have to be um, we have to be a little more thoughtful so um, it is what it is you know it is what it is in this particular case, we're going to tell you uh, we are we are going to tell you the truth anyhow. By the way, welcome. Chat is open. Thank you for joining us. It's it's especially such a late notice. So first, let me address the uh, the mass murder and the terrorist act of Islam in the LGBT nightclub in Orlando, Florida. Now, this is me speaking. This is I don't speak for anybody else. I speak for me. Uh, and you might want to, if, if you're not an afternoon coffee drinker, depending on where you're listening in the world, um, we had. Just under 700,000 total listeners for last week's show, so I'm assuming we're somewhere close to that at some point by the end of this week for this show. And then, of course, Wednesday. Listen, by the way, Wednesday, we have a great show. We're very, very excited. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. By the way, we're also going to talk about—I'm going to kind of re-deliver a live uh, sermon from yesterday, by the way— at the end, if you tried to listen, we had forty seven foremost forty seven thousand people try to download it and Unfortunately, the audio was so bad that we just couldn't we couldn't make it work so we 're working on that we 're going to figure out something, but hopefully the audio today is really good we 're off site and out of the studio and and sometimes the internet connection is just not great um, on sunday, so we um, we really we really are sorry about that. Listen, let me give you this from my friend uh Dave Perkins. It's a post that you've heard Dave on the show many times. Dave's a a real uh real professional in the uh radio industry and See here, we got people trying to listen and they say the link is not working. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It works it's working now. Uh okay, well, well give it a try here. Work for work for even people people that aren't technologically savvy. Um you know, but uh anyway, <clears throat> here's the bottom line. You guys know you guys know Dave Perkins. You know that he's one of the smartest people on the planet, I think. He's one of the smartest people on the planet, and I'm a reasonably intelligent guy. And he, and, and he travels to the world, and he's been over the Middle East many, many times. Um, super, 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 super smart, super smart. Um, and he, so he wrote this, and I was very moved by it. Uh, this is what he wrote, and I quote, I am moved to repeat something I've said here before. Josh Charles and I have met former Muslims turned Christian in Jordan and Egypt as well as in Israel. I asked a lovely young lady in Amman if she could give me one reason, the primary reason she ended up converting. It was a dangerous thing to do in her country and in her community, but for her, it was worth the risk. Why did she convert? There is no love in Islam, only punishment, only disobedience, only fear. Allah doesn't love you. He doesn't say he loves you, not in the scripture. He just owns you and demands things from you. With Christ, there is love, God's love, from before I ever knew he was even there. God became a man and was tortured to death willingly for your sake and for mine. Whether you understand the full meaning of the sinless man volunteering to pay the price of all sin or you don't, it's still clear in the story that he gave and gave willingly. Love. Sacrifice from him for me. Allah, he doesn't give you anything. He only demands things from you. Kill the infidel, for example, and a thousand lesser obediences. Man, wise, wise words from my good friend Dave Perkins, uh, relating what he has experienced over in the Middle East, uh, talking about what um, converted Muslims, Muslims that converted to Christianity, um, have had to say why. Islam is the religion of death. It's not really a religion. It's a religious, political, and military ideology. And Christianity is in fact the uh the absolute truth. So so really quick, something that affects the LGBT community really super fast, in addition to the uh what happened, I'll get into detail, but there is something happening tomorrow in Delaware that I need to tell you about. And look, even if you're not from Delaware, this impacts you. And once I tell you what it is, you'll understand why. And this is, by absolute any description, an urgent legislative alert uh, regarding Senate Bill, Delaware Senate Bill 190, to amend, amend the Delaware State Constitution. Folks, this dramatically impacts you. Even if you're not in Delaware, you understand, it dramatically impacts you, especially since Delaware – is going to lead the way on this, sadly, in a sad way. Senate Bill 190 will permanently change the structure of our government in the state of Delaware and set a dangerous precedent for our nation. And it passed out of committee on Wednesday, June 8th, and is scheduled to be presented and voted upon Tuesday, June 14th. That's tomorrow. This bill will broaden the reach of government and take away our most basic freedoms. And I'm going to tell you something. It is literally one of the most dangerous bills I have ever seen in my life. It is a devastating bill. Now, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't, it, it, this at this point, folks, it can't be an LGBT thing. It can't be any of those things. It's got to be governance. It's got to be you, you're going to make something happen. That is devastating for all of society. Because once it happens in Delaware, it will spread. You think Charlotte, North Carolina was a big deal? No. Small potatoes. You say, well, you live in Delaware, it doesn't make any difference. I'm telling you right now, it this will absolutely it will absolutely change everything. Your safety, your security in the restroom, whether you're a male or female, no matter what, no matter what choice you make, no, what, it doesn't matter what sexual oriented none of that stuff doesn't matter. It's not a bit of it matters. You've got to call your senator, Senator Cloutier, uh, 302-478-9616. Senator Ennis, three zero two. Senator McBride 302-276-1843 I'll give you those again in a second don't panic but what you're going to do is when you call them you're going to be very polite you're not going to be nervous don't be nervous they work for you you don't work for them but don't be disrespectful Um, they're all nice people Senator Ennis retired Delaware State Trooper Senator McBride retired civil engineer they're both in their late 70s nice people Senator Cloutier is a nice lady, um, but look, man, we can't have this. This this cannot happen. If you go read the bill at legis, here's what you do, www.legis.delaware.gov, you go there and you read Senate Bill 190, the text for it. I'm telling you, read it for yourself. You will not believe it. That's why I'm not going to talk about it. Other than to tell you, go there and read it, and then call Senator Cloutier, 302-478-9616, Senator Ennis, 302-653-7566, Senator McBride, 302-276-1843. By the way, those are their home phone numbers. Be respectful. Calling them at home. Be respectful, but tell them to vote no on Senate Bill 190, because it will permanently emphasize this. It will permanently change the structure of our government in the state of Delaware. Listen, I'll just tell you. To date, I think this is the most I've been politically involved in a long time. This is the most important bill, not just in Delaware but in the country, and it requires your immediate response. This is something you, you look, you know, repost it, whatever you want to do, do whatever you want to do. Um, I'm telling you now. It is a devastating bill. It is devastating. Um, And again, not just the uh, LGBT community, not just that. That's Folks, that's not the only people we're talking about here. We're talking about everybody. In fact, really and truly, it impacts everyone else far more. I really want you to understand you're calling someone's home be respectful. Whatever you do, be respectful. Don't be disrespectful. You're calling their home. If they call your home, you'd want them to be respectful. Fair enough? I know you. my audience is super people. I mean, you guys are really, really super people. So, so <clears throat> let me just tell you what, what drove me to do this today. So many people, so many people ha- have been saying, Sean, you know, uh, what do we do now? The shooting happened. What do we do now? And I'm going to tell you, talk about LGBT people. Of course, they, they attacked, uh, this guy attacked Omar Matef. He attacked uh, a bar, a club, that was known to be heavily populated by um, by LGBT, the LGBT crowd. This is something I wrote in in my blog and and at my website. It's TheNinjaPastor.com dot or Greener dot com, d r s h a w n g r e e n e r dot com. Go to the blog section to be there. Make sure you comment on it and share the link to this uh, to this show and other people. Other people need to hear this. So here's how it went. Maybe now the LGBT people have been mass murdered, 50-plus 50, 50 people. Maybe now that LGBT people have been mass murdered, somebody will listen. Here's what a very, very wise person said to me. I am struck once again by the lunacy of the left. A Muslim terrorist attack should be addressed first and foremost With a statement on gun control? Okay, fair enough. I'm going to concede. Ready for this? Big announcement. The ninja pastor supports gun control. Yep, they moved me. They moved me. Here you go. Ready? First, I want to be clear. I support, air quotes, gun control. Laws that eliminate Muslim terrorists' ability to buy guns. I fully support that. Secondly, why on earth... Do you include LGBT in referring to the club or location? I did it because I'm quoting everybody. I'm quoting the press and everything. But, it, but initially by the press and by the government, why would you quote that? W- would any normal person say, I am just horrified by the attack on the heterosexual nightclub in Orlando? No, they don't do that. Well, why, why is this an LGBT issue? Does it matter, by the way, if you mess the letters up, L T G B L L T B G L B G T. I mean, does it matter? I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. But nobody says that. I don't know why. What are we creating? Yet another label. Fifty-plus people have been murdered. There's more dying. Uh, even now, there's, you know, family notifications and all of that. It's just uh, It's just unreal. And, and and I I would ask this, that my very, very super smart friend uh, brought this up. Fourthly, why do we put out the news, air quotes news, that Obama has asked for updates? He's monitoring the situation and he has asked for updates. Really? Ladies and gentlemen, he's the freaking president and, and we all know that this was a terrorist attack. We knew it we knew it before the first police officer arrived. We knew it because of the 911 one calls. And now we know by the FBI director, Comey, that there were three separate and distinct calls. One he hung up. The next he said some things. The next he said uh, what has been widely released in the press, that this is, I'm doing this for Abu Al- al-Bakari. Anyway, he's the president. Thank you for tearing yourself away from the golf course and telling us you're interested. Now, here's the other thing. The left blames guns for the act of Islamic terrorism. Is this the solution for the LGBT community? Because I know it's not the solution for this community. Even though Islam specifically targets and commands LGBT to be murdered. Look, this is in their sacred guidebooks and in all their hadith and umtar al-salik and and all of these things. This is what they call for, even though one of their not-so-well-kept secrets is, uh, homosexuality within the Muslim ranks is rampant, absolutely rampant. You guys were watching uh, with you know the, all the government officials. They blame the representative, the lady from Florida, and, and all these different people. They get on, they don't blame Islam. They don't even mention Islam. They blame guns. In fact, the Muslim imam in Orlando, you remember he was on television afterwards? Who, you know, who wanted this guy to come? Why is he here? Somebody tell me why this Jamok is here. What business does he have in this case? He ought to hide his face. you say, well, he got on there and he's calming everybody. He's calming everyone. That's what he's doing. He's calming everybody. No, he's not calming anybody. He's sending a message to his people through takiyah. They can lie. They can say whatever they want to say. But what's the next thing he says? The imam in Orlando said on television, we need to do something to stop these mass shootings. What does he intend? I'll tell you what he intends. He intends to take guns away from law-abiding Americans. Who will have guns then? Criminals. Who will be helpless? Everybody else. Everybody else. The Muslim mom also cautioned everyone to not make this more than what it is and to sensationalize or jump to conclusions. What does he mean by that? He's saying, hey, look, man, don't look at Islam as the problem. We don't want that. We don't want that. We don't want you to see... What we're all about We don't want you to see Who we really are We don't want you to see What we're really about We don't want you to defend yourself 50 plus people murdered 50 plus people 50 plus more injured severely. Now they weren't injured by a gun. They weren't even injured by religious extremists. Air quotes, folks. Plain and simple, this is an act of Islam, Islamic jihad. Islam tells you they're peaceful. Islam tells you, no, we're friendly. We're we're like doves flying in a window. Go look at the picture I have. That's uh, representative on my uh, on my. Um, on my blog, drshawngreener.com, TheNinjaPastor.com, just go there to the blog, uh, one of the more recent blog posts, and look at the picture. Uh, it's a hand holding up a piece of paper, and this is Oprah Winfrey's idea of what Islam is. I kid you not. You guys know that this terrorist and cowardly act of yet another Muslim committing mass murder, this was carried out during the Islamic observance of Ramadan by a Muslim. Listen, my friends in the LGBT community, I know there's two people right now listening who I would absolutely do everything I could. I wouldn't I wouldn't allow somebody to come in and shoot you up. But listen, you've got to help protect yourselves. You you cannot, whether I agree or disagree with your lifestyle, whatever, your choices like that, that's that's but for another discussion. The fact of the matter is you need to stop using words like hate and bigotry and religious zealots to describe Islam our enemy. You've got to stop doing that. There's another photograph on our on, on the webpage, DrSeanGreener.com, TheNinjaPastor.com. Islam will dominate the world. Freedom can go to hell. You need to understand this, this is what they want for you. They hate your guts, folks. My LGBT friends, they hate you. They absolutely hate you. The safest place in the world for LGBT folks is in America, and that America is an America without Muslims. Omar Mateen did not deviate from the Quran or Islamic law. He fulfilled the directives of his religious, political, and military ideology of Islam. Omar Mateen, make no mistake about it, folks, the FBI failed here. Omar Mateen was a licensed security guard with a criminal uh, he had involvement he had interviews from uh, he didn't have a criminal record but he he was interviewed by the FBI on multiple occasions uh, in two different years and yet he was able and he's on a watch list folks he's on a do not fly list let me just tell you if you're on a do not fly list you probably shouldn't be able to buy a gun just saying you probably should have your level G Florida uh permit to carry concealed deadly weapon revoked you know I me mean? i'm all about the the deadly weapon permits and, and and second amendment that's that's one of my huge issues but i got a news flash for you i have a news flash for you this guy should have never had a gun you know it i know it you know what we don't we shouldn't do? we shouldn't give terrorists in this country guns we shouldn't do it, but we do, and we did now why why, why did that happen? You've got to answer that question. you've got to dig, dig, dig until you say, "Hey, you know what? it's not the law abiding American that's the problem. Uh, it's people on the watch list, the people that have been interviewed by the FBI twice. For terror ties. Now, lest you fall for the human cry that we heard it again today from the left and all politicians. Now, we can't be quick to judge. In this time of tragedy, it's not the time for politics. Rather, it is a time for healing. Here's the reason why they want to silence your passion while you're hot and heavy on it. Here's the reason why calm you down. Because you're angry. And you know what? If you're angry, you just might be angry enough to do something. Here's my suggestion. You want to do something? Here's something you could do. Make a list. Make a list of all the politicians calling for calm, open-mindedness, unjudgmental, hate-mongering against Muslims, and hateful rhetoric. They say stuff like that. And peaceful, uh, you know, we want you to think about, We want you to really reflect on the unity and how the people of Orlando and America have come together in the face of tragedy and unity, not hate. It's time to really do something about gun violence. If you hear hear of a politician inviting an imam or a Muslim anything to speak after a terrorist act committed by a Muslim, add them to this list. Make a list for them. Make a list of them. And at the top of the list, I want you to write this in big, bold print and a big old Sharpie. Traitors to be impeached, prosecuted, and punished. Hundreds of people in that club. i want to ask you this. I did a post after that. Well, I, I wasn't going to talk about it, but I will. Um, nobody could tackle this worthless jihadi. I did a, I did a post. If, if you go to theninjapastor.com, I did a post called Three Hours to Die. There's a quote coming from the uh, Huff, Huffington Post. It was quoted. Uh, people on the scene said the SWAT team made the decision to rescue the hostages at approximately 5 a.m., according to officials. You need to be clear on one thing. The fact is SWAT arrived shortly after 2 a.m. But they didn't receive orders to rescue the hostages until 5 a.m., a full three hours later. Now, look. I I want to be clear on this. I know SWAT members follow the orders given to them, and they and they obey those orders. If the commanders give them orders, they you know poop rolls downhill. You got to do what they tell you. They're doing what they're told. You know I have a a photograph on here, Freedom Fighters. There's a guy behind a sniper rifle on a on a real nice rifle. And it it reads this way, I I don't need a gun. I have never needed a gun. I hope I never need a gun. And in all likelihood, I will never need a gun. However, should I ever need a gun, I had better have a gun. Therefore, I have a gun. And if the government ever says you can't have a gun, guess what? That's when you'll need a gun. So back to this. Three hours? Somebody tell me what in the world they were waiting for. Number one, were they waiting for for intelligence from the inside? I'm here to tell you they had it. They had scores of callers on the inside of that building giving direct intel from the inside, video, audio, spoken word. They knew it was most likely one assailant at the time. Number two, what in the world were they waiting for? Maybe they were waiting for confirmation on how many assailants. I want you to reflect on number one. They knew because people on the inside told them. Now their stories coming out now. Yeah, you're darn right, Steve from Ohio. They didn't wait three hours to shoot Lavoy Finicum. They set up a, uh, a an ambush, a deadly ambush, and they murdered him. They murdered him. They murdered him. They murdered him. They didn't wait for him. Law abiding citizen. What were they waiting on? They knew there was most likely one. There, we're, we're hearing rumors that there were two more, but they're unsubstantiated at this point, and uh, there's nothing on the video that's been released that indicates that there were more than one. Number three, were they hoping? Is this the reason they were waiting? To go in three hours, were they hoping to negotiate with the killer? I want to ask you maybe maybe that was the case. Why? It's ISIS. They knew that he was ISIS before they arrived, they knew what he was all about. He told them. Numerous squad, you know, it's a big issue, and there were many SWAT commanders there. They listened to the 911 recording of Mateen proudly disclosing his full identity, clearly and fully. And his intent, clearly and fully. Look, here's the word. You don't negotiate with Islamic terrorists. You kill them. You kill them as soon as possible, because unless and until you kill them, guess what? They're going to continue to kill you and innocent people. Maybe the reason they waited three hours, maybe that reason that they were waiting is number five. Maybe, uh, or number four, maybe SWAT was concerned about IEDs. Yes. Yes, they were concerned about IEDs, IEDs. And? The reason I say and with a sort of a question mark, question mark, is our military combat soldiers deal with that daily. Maybe police agencies and law enforcement should resume hiring combat vets for SWAT instead of the sensitive, diverse, well-educated, air quotes, police officers. Look, these are techniques our combat soldiers who they deploy under circumstances all the time? They they use these under uh, under all kinds of bad circumstances as a strategy. Maybe we should learn from them. Maybe we should hire them, the combat soldiers. Maybe we should do that right away. Let me ask you something: Was SWAT waiting for a team to run out of ammunition? Maybe that's number five. Were, were they waiting? What were? Maybe, maybe the reason they waited three hours, they said, wow, he's got a lot of ammunition. Let's let him expend it. As a SWAT strategy, we know that there is no one inside with a gun shooting back at Mateen. We knew that he was killing more people by the second. That is how he was expending his rounds. That's how he was going to run out of rounds, by shooting them directly into the innocent people who were defenseless. In a gun-free zone, yet another. Under those circumstances, folks, you just can't wait. Well, but there'd be, they'd, they'd be under great risk. Newsflash, when I was a police officer, that's one of the first things they said. You may be called upon to give your life. You're going to put your life at risk, and, and that's kind of how it is. I can't help you. Train. Be prepared. Not just training here, but train on your own. Perfect your skills, stay in shape, stay sharp, keep your wires tight. He was killing people. In those three-hour time, I think eventually it may come out how many people were killed within three hours. Again, welcome to our chat. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm honored that you would join us today. How about number six, why they waited three hours? Were politicians holding the SWAT team back? maybe for political reasons. Look, I know a lot of SWAT guys. I know a lot of emergency response team, hostage uh, HRT guys, hostage guys. They're go-time kind of professionals. They're ready to rock and roll. They're ready. That phone rings. They're ready. They check the phone twice an hour to make sure it's working so they're not missing a call out. They're prepared. They're trained. They're professionals. They're go-time kind of people. They are courageous. They're a swift and decisive an effective force, and they're extremely swift and decisive, and effective at saving lives when they're deployed and empowered to do so. That's reality, my friends. That's reality. There's a guy by the name of Jeremiah, Jeremiah Jacques uh, at J S underscore Jacques. Uh, Jacques, J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. I don't even know the guy. But on February 19th, he posted uh, on um, the Twitter, like, Turkey's campaigning for Thanksgiving. And then it had a bunch of people in sort of a a gay pride, sort of I don't know what, and they had a banner. And it's a bunch of gay people or or whatever with rainbow flags and signs and whatnot. Uh, No to Islamophobia. No to racism and fascism. Yes to equality and diversity. LGBT is against Islamophobia. Lesbian, gay, transsexual, and trans lesbian, gay, bisexual, and trans people in solidarity. Muslim communities under attack. Folks, I I can't help that. I I can't help somebody that stupid. I really can't. I'm sorry. You say, Ninja Pastor, that's that's. Man, that's rude. Just calling somebody stupid. Look, get a book. Get ISIS Exposed from Eric Stackelbeck. Read that book. Read my book, Excellence Killed Church: How Mediocrity is America. Listen to uh, just ten minutes of my speeches. Listen to William Federer. He was a guest on my show. There's no excuse for it, folks. And let me let me also say this. I, I'm going to be really super clear here. I want to be super clear on this. Then we'll go to a quick break, and then, and then we'll come back with our message. I am boldly pro-law enforcement. Heck, I were one. But in this case, those in charge, they should be called to answer detailed questions. Why three hours? Why three hours? Hundreds of people. Now, look, somebody uh, called me names. I was really hurt by it. Called me, not really, I'm just kidding. They called me names on the Facebook talking about, You can't blame the victims, but this is one of the things that I posted. Hundreds of people in that club and not one person could try to tackle some worthless jihadi. Really smart friend of mine said, hey, you know what? One thing I noticed is they didn't attack a country line dancing club, did they? No, they did not. Because even if in that country line dancing club... Nobody had a gun, which I highly doubt that, especially in Florida. Somebody's going to tackle somebody. One guy with a gun, somebody is going to tackle somebody. Even if they have to give their life to do it, they're going to tackle somebody. Somebody is going to get tackled. Somebody's going to get the gun taken away. Three American soldiers did it in France on a train and got hurt real bad, but they did it and they saved countless lives. Why didn't that happen in the LGBT Party bar, whatever it's called, party club. I'm not impugning the courage or bravery of any LGBT person. I want you to understand. I personally know LGBT people who you would not want to mess with. I'm not making that statement. But three hours. The SWAT was outside for three hours, and three hours' time, not one group of people could say, hey, you know what? We're not going to go out like this. We are not going to go out like this. No, we're not. Three hours. Come on, y'all. Three hours. Folks, I need you to really hardcore think about this. While I'm out to commercial, I'll be back in just a minute.
0: will be back with Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, after these short messages.
1: Hey, listeners, let me tell you something really quick. Listen, if you own a gun, not even if you carry a gun, not even if you have a concealed carry permit, but if you own a gun, you need to listen up. You need to get a pen, you need to get paper, Something, you need to click into your notes in your smartphone and, and take this number down. First of all, Hi, the first number uh, is, this is Dr. 20630. Politics, Don't worry, I'll repeat hold? it. 20630. Could I get listen, your name? You're you have the, the, the right to I defend your yourself and your you loved ones about? and your home. All of that stuff is true. You know it is. But the yeah, moment yeah. you pull the trigger or pull your gun, you are at risk for devastating oh, legal awesome, and financial awesome. consequences. Well, good to have you listen. You I know, appreciate You it. can be arrested. You can be jailed. You can be sued. You can be fired. You can be bankrupted. Even when you've legally and justifiably used a gun in self-defense. Well, so You don't have to let this happen. I got you. To you. Just got call Second well, Call look, if I can defense. get to you, That number will. you want is 20630. Thank you very much for calling, listen, buddy. Get you i got to jump back on, the, back on the 20630. Thank 20-630. you, buddy. I'll give you the number in a second. You're going to enjoy, listen, when you become a member, you're going to enjoy peace of mind of having immediate and comprehensive legal and financial protection at your fingertips the moment you pull your gun, the moment you pull a trigger, no matter where you are in the United States. You just make two calls. Your first call should always be to 911 to request an ambulance and law enforcement. And listen, we'll tell you exactly what to do, what to say, how to say it. Your second call should be the second call defense. Listen, we've got your back. It's complete legal protection for armed self-defense, and it is fully endorsed by the NRA. It's fully backed by the NRA insurance program. Folks, you've got to have this coverage. I have the Cadillac protection, which is the ultimate coverage. And I'm telling you, it is phenomenal. People say, well, I, I've got homeowner's coverage. That'll protect me. I've got an umbrella policy, civil liability policy. No, no, it won't. In fact, it's specifically excluded. You say, well, I'll get a public, a public defender. They'll keep me out of jail. No, they won't. First of all, usually public defenders are from liberal colleges and liberal law schools. They hate guns. They hate people that carry guns. And they're, they don't understand uh, lethal force to start with. They're overworked. They're underpaid. Is that what you want to bet your freedom on? Is that what you want to bet your financial future on? That? Are you kidding me? 877-502-3300. SecondCallDefense.org. You want to give them this number, 20630. That's a Ninja Pastor's number. You give them that, they're going to give you a free month. Go to God and Country Facebook page. Uh, It's facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Uh, There's a place where you can sign up, you you know, sign up by the means of putting in your information for the show uh, to follow this show but there's links on there once you do that or on that page there's a link there and that will show you exactly where to go you click on that link go get all kinds of information there are no contracts you're not locked in and once you get your money back your free uh, month back they, they never come back and take it back this is the best coverage out there trust me I have researched it all join today
0: welcome back to the collision of faith and politics. Here again is Dr. Sean.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Of course, you guys heard the the exchange that Dan from Ohio is holding. And if I can get to him, I, I will do that. If not Dan, my my apologies, but uh, actually meant to play both you, yours, and my voice. um and I couldn't do it, and I meant to stop the commercial, but I wanted them to hear that., uh, but thank you for calling. We always appreciate that. So true Christianity, first of all, let me say this here's some thoughts on the message we 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 preached this last night, and due to the really horrible internet connection, it just it just wouldn't uh it just wouldn't it's it's too difficult to hear. so I just decided I would replace the recording with uh, really, really digital quality sound. Look, you're going to hear a passage in which we're told at all times to be joyful and build each other up. And I, I'm going to just stop for a second, and when we get to that point, I'll remind you of this. Our Kehala on Sunday, you need to understand, folks, I, I am so blessed to every Sunday when I'm in town, um, we, we have this thing called a Kehala. It's a gathering of the followers of the way. And I'm, I'm just telling you right now, it is awesome. And if you're in the Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey area, uh, I don't think you'll ever meet a, a finer group of people. They they truly are wonderful human beings. We have a nice meal uh, at five o'clock Eastern standard time. And then after that, we really enjoy uh, a uh, kind of off the chain message that you're not, you're probably not used to hearing. And, um, Excuse me. Our goal is to grow the Kehala. It's, it's to, we can seat uh, plenty of people, and we can feed lots of people. So come on, you come on. Contact me at theninjapastor.com. Click on the Contact Me uh, part of it, and we'll explain everything you need to know. It's like-minded people gathering together. In light of these times that we're heading into, I, look, we're, we're, we're not heading into them. We're, we're here. We're here. Somebody needs to wake up. There's war in American soil. And we in the church need to gather together. We need to gather together. We need to be strong and gather together. We need to we need to link arms. We need to say, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm not one to get behind a, a, a long-range scope. Maybe I'm not one to handle a, a pistol, but maybe I can make cookies. Maybe I can make biscuits. Maybe I can make some eggs and whatnot. Army fights on the stomach, we're, we're most assuredly at war, and it's not just up to our soldiers, and it's not just up to our police officers. Do you know the police officers have, a lot I'm getting a lot of messages now, people talking about, man, oh, man, oh, man, why didn't they go in? They have a duty and an obligation. SWAT has an obligation and a duty to go in and save those people's lives. No, they don't. The Supreme Court of the United States of America said, no, they don't. And they reaffirmed it. They reaffirmed it. So you need to understand. You need to understand. We got to bind together. Got to stop all this fussing. Bacon. Somebody just sent a message. Of Steve from Ohio. sent a message. Bacon. Bring it on. Come on and join us. Come out from Ohio. We'd love to have you. Bring your whole clan with you. Look, this is the second thing. The the attack the other night, it amplifies the passage I'm going to be speaking about, in in which the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And, And it's an interesting place here for us to think about living your life in the light, capital L, and not being people of the night, little N. And I'll tell you what else. You never know when time's up. You never know when time's up. You never know. There is a such thing. There is such a thing as being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Hey, first Thessalonians, I always mess it up. First Thessalonians, when I had braces after my crash, good land I couldn't even say that word. I I had to just say that passage. I, I I massacred I massacred it every single time. First Thessalonians five, one through twenty-eight. First let me say this real quick. It all starts in your soul. You understand that? It all starts in your soul. But what and where is your soul? Look the Hebrew does not have a soul, the Hebrew is a soul. You used to talk about a lot of times, people say, Well, you talking about Jews all the time. Why are you all the time talking about Jews? Because our Savior wasn't a Jew, he is a Jew. Our God, Elohim, Elohim, uh Hashem, he he sent his son as a replacement for our sins. An innocent son he sent them to the Hebrew people. There's a reason for that, folks. Here's what the scripture says. But you have no need to have anything written to you, brothers, about the times and dates when this will happen. Because you yourselves well know that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Man, look, uh, folks have said to me over and over, their grandma told them, their mama told them, their daddy told them, nothing good happens after midnight. after 1 a.m. I'm not saying it was their fault. That's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying to you is, is bad stuff happens. Thief in the night, that's why they use this. That's why they, that's why they, they in the passage of scripture, it's, it's a euphemism. It's a, it's sort of a metaphor. Thief in the night. Thieves come in the night. They don't come broad daylight. Not usually. Let me, let me just real quick, let me press pause here for just a second. Um. Wednesday's show, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Last week's show was off the chain. This week's show on Wednesday, I really am, I'm super, super amped about it. Uh, the first thing is going to be Allison Lorkowski of VoteBiblically.com. Really nice lady, really amazing patriot, just regular, regular person, regular life, you know, doing her thing, being a mom. And, and she said, I got to stop talking about something to do. I want to... I want to do something. What can I do? And she thought to herself, man, what what would change if if we voted biblically? What would change if we if we suddenly decided, hey, you know what? We need to start living biblically and we need to start voting biblically. So she started this thing where they do uh, billboards all across the country. You've probably seen them, votebiblically.com. What does it mean to vote biblically? Powerful. The things coming in the night. Right after that, uh, right after Allison is on, uh, or I don't know which who's on first, or what's on second, um, Nicole Tice of the Delaware Family Policy Council, Delaware Strong Families, and she's going to be on. She's she's a she's a get-after-it kind of lady, fighting a good fight in Delaware, uh, really outreach all across the nation, getting noticed all across the nation, focused on the family and whole bunch of folks. We have uh, summits every year that are six or 800 uh, pastors and leaders come for, you know, half a day. And it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. So she's getting after it and uh, helping to lead the fight with CSG and Delaware Family Policy Council. And she's going to talk about it. We'll know. Uh, we'll know Wednesday. We'll know Tuesday afternoon, but the show will be on Wednesday. And we'll talk about um We'll talk about Senate Bill 190, and we'll talk about the, the uh, what's next. You know, We'll talk about what's next. So verse 3, when people are saying everything is so peaceful and secure, then destruction will suddenly come upon them the way labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there's no way they will escape. Let me say this. Look, I've never been pregnant. I don't even feel like a woman. I'm going to say I have no interest to go to a, a lady's restroom. I don't want no lady coming in the restroom with me. That's some private business up in there. But in this verse, it it reads this way, everything's so peaceful and secure, then destruction will suddenly come upon them the way labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. There's no way they'll escape. Let me say this. I've heard stories, and I've seen pregnant folks, I've actually delivered a few babies, and I'm going to tell you this, they don't come on all of a sudden, very rarely. Usually you have indications. So I almost wonder if they know this, and they're saying, yeah, well, you get some signs. I, I wonder. I don't know. Maybe not. You do get some signs, though. But if you don't pay attention to the signs, guess what else is going to happen? Baby's still going to come. Whether you pay attention to it, you normally know not. Baby's still going to come. Thief comes at night. You don't prepare for it. Guess what? Thief's still going to come. Thief is still going to come. That's reality, folks. Islam is still going to come after. They're not going to stop. You know how you stop Islam? You kill them. You ventilate their cranium with a high-speed, three thousand feet per second direct injection into their cranium or their chest cavity of a high-velocity lead injection. Much to their chagrin, they don't follow a living God. They don't follow the living God. They follow. They worship. They worship Satan. They worship. Moon gods. They they worship a a a, a uh, they follow a, a pedophile, war mongering pedophile. But you brothers are not in the dark, so that the day should take you by surprise like a thief. For you are all people who belong in the light, who belong to the day. We don't belong to the night or to darkness. So let's not be asleep like the rest are. On the contrary, let us stay alert and sober. People who sleep, sleep at night. People who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let's stay sober. Putting on trust and love as a breastplate and hope of being delivered as a helmet. Listen, that's war. That's war talk there. You understand that, right? That's war talk. Battle armor. Putting on trust and love as a breastplate. That's battle armor. Hope of being delivered as a helmet. That's battle armor. We're in warfare. For God has not intended that we should experience his fury, but that he, we should gain deliverance through our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. Why? Because he died on our behalf, so that whether we are alive or dead, we may live alone with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as you're doing. Let me say this. You know, the, the author of this and speaking uh, about interaction with the early church, listen, folks, the, the, uh, Western, the postmodern Western evangelical church, whatever church you go to, I'm, I'm just telling you, we, we're so busy. We're so busy. Fighting each other over stupid stuff. Our Kehala, the amazing thing is about this Kehala, we don't have a bunch of rules. We don't have a bunch of crazy business. We get together and we worship. We pray. We do music. We listen to preaching that comes from Scripture. We, we have fun. We laugh. We cry with each other. We lift each other up. We encourage each other. Put each other in check when some bad stuff. we getting to mess up. Hurt chavis and us. we all have them. We encourage one another. We build each other up. Modern church could learn a lot. Hey, Dan, I'm looking at the clock. I know you're on hold. I'm looking at the clock. I don't think I'm going to get to your call today, and I know that I'm pretty sure this is a long-distance call, so I don't want you to lose a whole bunch of money sitting on hold. I don't think I'm going to get to you today. But send me an email, and uh, we'll chat on smgreener at gmail.com or hit the theninjapastor.com and go to the contact me, and, and we'll share some information. We'll get back and see if we can't get you on the show at another time. But thank you so much for calling. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who are working hard among you, those who are guiding you in the Lord and confronting you in order to help you change. Sometimes we have to go to each other and we have to say, as, as part of a gathering, you know, what unites us, our faith in Christ, the fact that we've been redeemed by an innocent man. We gotta respect the people that are working hard around us. We've got to respect the fact that people who are guiding us in the Lord and confronting us, look, the pastor don't come to you, the deacons don't come to you, all these people don't come to you because you uh because you're they just like doing that. That's not the deal. That's not the deal. We, w- we all want to help each other, says to treat those who do that with the highest regard and love because of the work they're doing. Live a peace among ourselves. Listen, we can't get along in the world because we can't get along together. Find a way. me just tell you this. Y'all, the scripture is real clear, verse 14. But we urge you, brothers, to confront those who are lazy. Your aim being to help them... T- change, to encourage the timid, to assist the weak, and to be patient with everyone. See that no one repays evil for evil. On the contrary, always try the good for each other. Now, folks, this is in the church. This is not dealing with military stuff. This is not dealing with attacks on the homeland. This is talking about in the church. Let's keep it in context. Verse 16, always be joyful. There's always something to be happy about. There's always something to be joyful about. Verse 17 uh, King James Version says, "Pray without ceasing." This says, "Pray regularly." In the complete Jewish Bible. Pray, pray regularly. Look, pray. Being keep keep a close connection with God. Stay stay connected. Stay sharp. Be joyful. Pray regularly. You know what? We'd be more joyful if we prayed regularly. Verse eighteen says, "In everything, give thanks." For this is what God wants from you. Who are united with this Messiah Yeshua. Don't quench the spirit. Don't despise inspired messages. But do test everything. Hold on to what is good. But keep away from every form of evil. I'm going to tell you what's evil. Islam. It's evil. Read the Quran. Folks, I've invested the time and I've read the Quran. I'm on my fourth time through. I'm telling you it's evil. Read it. Every form of evil. If you're watching shows that glorify the dark side, if you watch shows that have a bunch of <clears throat> weird business in there about the undead and whatnot, stop watching that mess. Bible says we're not to have anything to do with that mess. You or your children. Let that stuff go. You may laugh if you want to, but I'm telling you the truth. We don't have any business messing around with that. Not as followers of Christ, we don't. Not as followers we don't. We're supposed to stay away from any of that mess, keep away from every form of evil. May the God of Shalom make you completely holy. May your entire spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless for the coming of the Lord. The one calling you is faithful, and he will do it. Then he asks for prayer. They, they greet each other with a holy kiss. Nowadays, I'll do a little knuckle punch or a high five, some kind of thing like that. But what about that holy kiss business? And then he says, read this letter to all the brothers. In the grace of our Lord Yeshua, The Messiah be with you. And look, this this should be really tethered to Acts 17, 1 through 14. This records Paul, the Apostle Paul's name is Shaul, his real name is Shaul. Paul is just, we made that name up, visit to Thessalonica, Thessalonians, in other words. It was written at Corinth shortly after Paul or Shaul had departed from there, and it's probably the earliest of his letters. It mentions the reports and greetings he received of the converts in Thessalonica, that's uh, chapter 1, 6 through 10, and the reality of their Christian faith. Let me read this really fast, super fast to you. After passing through Amphipolis and Apollonia, Shaul and Sila, Paul and Silas, came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue. They're traveling around visiting their people and helping them be strong. Giving them some advice, helping them with their problems, cheering them on. According to his usual practice, Shaul, or Paul, went in and, uh, and on three Shabbats, he gave them droshes from the Tanakh. He gave them teachings from the Tanakh, Tanakh, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and that this Yeshua, whom I am proclaiming to you, is the Messiah. Some of the Jews were persuaded, and they threw in their lot with Shaul and Silas, Silas, as did a great many of the Greek men who were God-fearers, and not a few of the leading women. But the unbelieving Jews grew jealous. So they got together some vicious men from the riffraff hanging around. I swear it says this in the complete Jewish Bible. Riffraff hanging around in the market square, collected a crowd, and started a riot in the city. They attacked Jason's house, hoping to bring Shaul and Sila out to the mob. But when they didn't find them, they dragged Jason and some other brothers before the city authorities, and they shouted, These men who have turned the whole world upside down have come here too. Jason let them stay in his home. All of them are defying the decrees of the emperor because they assert there is another king, Yeshua. Unbelieving Jews. Folks, these are the ones that didn't believe. They didn't believe Christ was the Messiah. They didn't believe it. Jesus was the Messiah. They didn't believe it. They said, oh, look, see that? So they went to the bad guys and they said, hey, look here. They're trying to undermine you. The words threw the crowd and authorities into a turmoil so that only after Jason and the others had posted a bond, they let him go. But as soon as night fell, the brothers sent Shaul and Silo off to Berea. As soon as they arrived, they went to the synagogue. Now the people here were of noble character, nobler character than the ones in Thessalonica. They eagerly welcomed the message, checking the Tanakh every day to see if the things Shaul were saying, true, saying were true. Many of them came to trust, as did a number of prominent Greek women, and not even a few Greek men. But when the unbelieving Jews of Thessalonica Learned the word of God that had been proclaimed to Shaul and Berea as well. They went there, too, to make trouble and agitate the crowds. The brothers sent Shaul away at once to go down to the seacoast while Sila and Timothy stayed behind. Folks, they were coming after him. They were coming after him. These people were coming after him. I, I don't understand. You know, it's just absolutely crazy how much they hate him. But they did. But they did. The fact of the matter is, Yeshua told us, they're going to hate you because of me. Because you follow me, they're going to hate you. I preached a message, I think it was uh, last Sunday, not this past Sunday, but not yesterday, but last Sunday. I talked about, look, if, if some folks aren't hating you because of your faith, you've got to check yourself. You have to check yourself. What are the marks of a Christian? I told you I would give you the marks of a true Christian. What are the marks of a Christian? Well, based on the scripture, hopefulness. We've got to look onward. Folks, we gotta look onward. We based on this teaching and and, and we and, and the way we manifest this is you know people tell me, well, I tried reading the Bible, they didn't do anything for me. I did. I tried reading the Bible, I gave it ten minutes. Ten minutes. And it didn't work for me. It didn't change my life. <laughs> Come on, man. Sixty six Separate books within a library of books over hundreds of years by many different authors from so many different, but it's all contiguous. Give it a chance. Reading, keep reading. You'll be glad you did. Don't stop. Don't quit. Hey, watchfulness, verses 6 through 10, talks about hopefulness looking onward. Well, you look onward by learning, you, you, you listen to teaching, you, you submit yourself to good teaching, and you know what? It's marked, it's marked by watchfulness. We pay attention. We look around. The thief comes in the night. You know what? We're going to pay attention. We don't have to look too carefully for Islam. They've told us they're coming. they told us what they're going to do when they get here. They're going to kill us. This is what they've said. They said, we're going to kill you. We look onward. Not, not hopeful, but hey, we got we to gotta get pumped up for the fight. We know it's coming. They're coming here. One of my friends, one of my really, really good friends said, I have several calibers of the sword of the spirit. Amen, brother. I'm here to tell you, you've you got to look onward. You've got to pay attention. Some folks are trying to teach you. Some folks are trying to invest in you. Pay attention. If you knew the blood on the pages of the people, that what they what they gave for you... To have this scripture in your hands, oh my goodness, what a precious, precious thing. You've got to be watchful. thief comes at night, you've got to pay attention. Here's another thing, helpfulness. You've got to look outward of who you are. You've got to look outward of what you are. You've got to say, hey, how can I help you? What can I do to help you? I want to help you. Somebody sick you know, somebody in your neighborhood, somebody in your church, maybe somebody not in your church, somebody you'd love to see come to your church, maybe somebody that doesn't even go to church. You look outward. You say, hey, what can I do for you? You bring them a meal. Now, if you're a terrible cook, don't bring them a meal. Run yourself down to one of the, oh, let's do Chick-fil-A. We're being Christians. Let's run to Chick-fil-A. Pick us up some Chick-fil-A and take it to them. Then you get there and they're like, well, we're vegetarians. (laughs) Have a backup, have a salad. <laughs> do something. Maybe you can run the vacuum. They don't go in there and talk about, man, your house is a mess. How about I run the vacuum? No. You say, hey, you know, I I like to clean. I see you're laid up there, I see you're hurt. Maybe I can help you clean. Maybe I can do the cleaning for you. Why don't you just relax? Hey, do your kids need to be taken somewhere? Your car needs some repairs, I'll take them and get it done. Where do you like to take it? If you're a terrible driver, don't do it. Don't wreck somebody's car talking about, I I was trying to help you. But you got to be helpful. you got to look outward. You've got to look to do active things. There's all kinds of things that you can do. I hear people tell me, oh, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. Maybe you don't know what to do. But scripture in verse 14 says, we urge you, brothers, confront those who are lazy. Your aim being to help them change, to encourage the timid, to assist the weak, and be patient with everyone. we got to do stuff. Scripture, scripture. I'm just going to tell you, Scripture values hard work. It does. It values hard work, and there's lots of different things you can do. <laughs> you, maybe you're not the person to preach at the church, but if chairs need to be set up or the, the carpet needs to be vacuumed or somebody needs to dust or whatever, restrooms might need cleaning. Well, get with it. If you can do that now, if you're a mess, you're terrible at cleaning well, find something else. If you're great at cooking, wash your hands first. But if you're great at cooking, let's do that. Something. Man, after my crash, I'll tell you what, there were some people in our lives, uh, but there was there was two couples, uh, really, I did not want to say that. There was like three, three or four couples who were just, they, they just plugged in. But there was one couple that I just knew uh, had some interaction with professionally and not a whole lot, though, but just a little bit. Before the crash happened, and they heard about my crash, they live in the same town, but not really, really close. They would show up at our door with full meals, with dessert, too. She's Southern. She's going to make you dessert. You, you will eat some dessert. I don't care how many teeth you got busted out of your mouth. You're going to have dessert. Rod and Jeannie Walmack, I'm telling you right now, those people didn't mess around. They were serious business. They would just pop up or I get a phone call. Hey, we're going to be there in five minutes. We're not coming in. We're just going to drop something at the door. Man, we are talking powerful, folks. Powerful. Said, hey, do you have some prescriptions that need filling? Well, yes, we do, but I just can't get out to get them. I thought that might be the case. Look, I'm a registered nurse. I'm going to run out and get them for you. And she did. It don't have to be the sexy thing. It don't have anything. And they never asked for accolade. They never asked for acknowledgement. They just did it. It's amazing. There are people that sew into my ministry. They do it quietly. They don't say anything. Jerry and Joe and, and, and Jill and John and Don and Wes and Karen and Darren and, uh you know, uh, uh, Susan and Linda and, and Miss Gloria and Miss Charlotte. And Mr. Jerry. A whole big long list of people. Lists way longer than that. They do it, they don't even say anything, they just do it. It says to be helpful, we have to look outward. Look, if you're all the time looking at yourself, you're never going to see what needs to be done. How about happiness? You got to look inward for that, folks. You got to look inward for it. you. Look, if you want to be happy, you say, Man, I just wish I was happy. Always be joyful, pray regularly, give thanks. Oh man, that sounds like a simple three point thing that meant, man. You could stay up all night and not figure that one out. In order to be joyful, in order to be happy, how about you pray regularly? You pray regularly, I bet you'll be more joyful. You give thanksgiving, you say, thank you, Lord. You know, the, the Lord's Prayer is really a model for us. It's not one that we necessarily are to repeat, uh, you know, rote. It's a model for us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Man, you got you got you to gotta say who he is. you got to acknowledge who he is. Welcome, New York. Thank you for joining us in chat. It's great to have you. Always is. It's an honor. Next thing is holiness. Holiness. Looking upward. What do I need to change? There's a negative and a positive. Don't let anybody tell you that your best friend never says anything negative about you to you. Some of your best friends are the ones that say, look. You come, you come stepping out of your out of your walk-in closet. How does this look on me? If it looks terrible, guess what? A good friend doesn't say, no, it looks great." You should go more places dressed like that. No, good friend says, "I I don't. I think you have better things in there. I think maybe, maybe you may try something different. Let's give another look. Don't be negative just for the sake of being hurtful and and mean, but." But good lands, folks. Don't let me walk around something that doesn't match. Hey, zippers down? I know lots of people won't say something to somebody they their zippers down. They even our friends. And that. I don't want to do it. It's awkward. By the way, uh, thanks to my good buddy Sean. Uh, we call him Smart Sean. He's the one that actually knows how to do stuff. Uh, he, uh, I t- I'll tell you what. He uh, And Philly, by the way, I mentioned a group of people, Sean and Angie and Philly Bob and Millie. My goodness, what a blessing to my ministry! You guys know I was in a terrible car crash, and, and I'm not supposed to go up and downstairs. Philly Bob came all the way from where he lives, and he doesn't live in Philly. He lives far from Philly. We call him Philly Bob because you know he's Philly. Anyway, Bob came all the way to my house. Him, him, and Robert and Millie came all the way to my house, and and put my uh, handrails on properly so to have something to grab onto if I fall. Can you imagine? Now, is that sexy? Is that fancy? No, but they did it. They did it for me. That comes under helpfulness, active endeavors. They they went out of their way to do this for me. Sean and Angie, they, they support so much of what we do, stuff nobody ever sees. Well, Sean, one of he's doing, he runs the God and Country Radio page on Facebook. Folks, if you're on Facebook, that's your thing. We have a page for this show, God and Country Radio Show. Uh, you, go to, you type that in. It'll be right there. You'll be good to go. You'll be good to go. But there's video. I'm going to warn you now. Face for radio. I'm just saying. But look, holiness, looking upward. Folks, we look to God. We say, God, you know, tell me what I need to change. Tell me what I need to do better. Look, I'll give you a golf analogy. Now, I'm a terrible golfer, but my great friend Jerry and Joe, uh, Jerry Jerry might as well be a professional golfer. You're talking about some great friends of the ministry, great personal friends. He's one of my very best friends. Uh, you talk talking about somebody who's right with me. Listen, <laughs> Jerry was right there at the hospital fighting for me. Jerry and my, my really great friend, uh, been great friends for I think now on 30 years, close to 30 years. John and Cindy Campanella. John Campanella was all up in there. They were trying to give me terrible service there at the hospital. And I'm telling you, they looked out after me. If it weren't for them, I'm telling you, it would be in a bad way. Might not even be here. Sometimes you got to speak to the natives. Somebody says, hey, you know what? You, you better get a checkup from the neck up. Right? But check yourself before you wreck yourself. Sometimes we need somebody speak straight up to us and say, hey, here's the truth. Here's a, look, you're, you're not all bad, but you've got some problems. Maybe a hurt habit hang up. Maybe a, a habit takes charge. Maybe a habit takes charge. Maybe it takes over. Maybe a hang up takes, takes over. Maybe it's a hurt. Maybe we're hurt by something. Look, I'm hurt by things. I'm not impervious to pain. There are things that hurt me, and it's hard to shake it off. But you need people that speak love into your life, that speak truth into your life. Truth, the hard truth. Sometimes you need that. I need it. I guarantee I need it. Sometimes the positive, folks. Sometimes it is positive. Sometimes people speak into your life. They say, hey, man. You need to stop being so hard on yourself. I'll tell you something right now. You're good at what you do. No matter what it is. Some folks, you can find a way to compliment somebody. Let's say they they screw everything else up, but boy they can dress. Hey, you know what? I could learn a lot about dressing from you. You know how to dress. You match your colors and everything. Not that I would know that. (laughs) Matching colors. You know, I would say that they know I'm lying. Matching colors. You would be shocked. Those of you <laughs> who click like on the uh, the Garden Country <laughs> Radio Show page, now that Sean's showing video on Sundays, I'm just going to tell you, I may or may not have a matching outfit on. I don't know. Yeah, last night, if you go to the Garden Country Radio Show page, see if you can guess what's wrong with my outfit. Now, I'm pretty sure my pants, well, although I had shorts on, my shorts and my top, I'm pretty sure they matched, but there was a problem. See if you can't figure it out. There's no prize if you figure it out, by the way. People are always like, what do I win? A car? Do I win a car? Maybe if somebody's not really great at a whole bunch of other things, but boy, they can cook. Compliment them on their cooking. Say, you know what? Don't don't say, you know what? You smell real bad and you dress bad, but whoo, whoo, can you cook? Don't do that. Don't do that. that. That's hurtful, people. That's, that's passive-aggressive. Don't do that. Be kind and be loving and, 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 and build some folks up. Don't make stuff up, though. Don't give them, uh, don't give them a, a – I have a good friend who – he's really struggling with this. His, his, his son got a, a trophy. He was the most valuable player, but he didn't get a trophy for being the most valuable player. He got a trophy the same as everybody else. And then he asked the coach. He said, hey, you name my kid the most valuable player, and then you give him the same trophy as everybody else. What gives? He said, well, we don't want to make make anybody else feel bad. Come on now. We need to toughen up a little bit, don't we? We need to toughen our skin just a little bit. We need to toughen up. But you can be positive. You can be positive. There's a way. Now, I, I want you, you guys all know, You've picked up on this. Hopefulness, helpfulness, happiness, and holiness. What is it? They all started with W's. No, they didn't. They started with H's. Hopefulness, helpfulness, happiness, and holiness. Looking onward, looking outward, looking inward, looking upward. But how to be a Christian. You'll notice I didn't say look like or sound like or any of that. I said be a Christian because it isn't pretty for all of us. It isn't pretty. Sometimes it's really, really difficult. Sometimes it's ugly. I'm telling you, sometimes it's rough. Whew. You say, my lands, I can't barely go on another step. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes... Christian gets all discombobulated. Sometimes a Christian just struggles, and they don't look like they have it all together. Don't and 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 look. If you're a Christian, you claim to be. Don't point your bony digit at another Christian and talk about. Oh, look at that. He ain't like no Christian. How about you hush your mouth and stop causing somebody to stumble or pointing out somebody's failing, and go over and say, Hey, man, can I help you? You look like you're having a rough time. Can I help you? What can I do for you? Maybe they don't look like a Christian because they're, you know, they're missing buttons and they've skipped buttons and they need to zip their zipper up. Maybe you just you take them to the side and do it nicely and say, "Hey, uh, your, uh, your zippers down and um, you missed a few buttons, brother. You might want to run to the restroom. You know, take a look in the mirror. Good to go. Look good otherwise." Well, here's how to be a Christian. By the Spirit of God. Don't quench the Spirit. Don't reject the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I kind of felt something there. Uh, I don't know what it was, but I felt something. Nah, it couldn't be the Spirit. couldn't be the Holy Spirit. No, Ruach HaKodesh, which is not tongues. It's, it's Holy Spirit in Hebrew. I don't want to quench... You don't want to quench that fire. And one of the biggest ways we do it, one of the biggest ways we do it is by sin. Nobody likes to talk about sin anymore. Nobody does. Pastors in churches all across America, they do not want to talk about sin. We individually don't want to we don't want to have to hear about it. We don't like to hear about it. We don't like to be challenged by it. So we don't talk about it. One of the biggest ways you can quench the spirit the fire that comes from the Holy Spirit is by sin, by hurts, habits, and hang-ups. What if we helped each other more with that? Look, I'm going to tell you right now, don't be careless. One of the other ways uh, with the Spirit of God is, is to be careless with it, to be passe. Oh, that's so passe. Oh, that's so, you know, whatever the word is. Come on. Stop with all that. Stop with all that. Don't be careless with the Spirit. That's nothing to joke about. People watch shows, and they make fun of the Holy Spirit, and they talk about ghosts, and they make silly, funny things about it. Let me tell you what. The Holy Ghost is something you don't make fun of. The Spirit of the living God, that's something you don't make fun of. Do not mess around. He whispers to you in his teaching. His admonition, he yells. You don't want God to yell. You don't want him to raise your voice. We don't change when we see the light too often. We only change when we feel the burn of the torch, the flame. <clears throat> you don't want that. Nobody does. Don't quench, don't quench the spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit by sin, hurts, habits, hangups. Don't do it. And don't be careless about it. It's nothing to laugh about. It's nothing to joke about. You know how you be a Christian? By the Word of God. You receive the Word of God. You receive it. You receive it. You don't cast it out. You don't ignore it. You push through. You read the difficult book. Don't despise inspired messages, verse 20. Test everything. Hold on to what's good. Keep away from every form of evil. But don't despise inspired messages. Folks, sometimes, i tell you more often than not, come from, not from a pastor, not from a reverend or a minister, more often than not, the most inspiring messages that you could ever receive, you could ever be given, is this. From just a regular person. I learn more about God and his scripture from two descendants from, they were sharecroppers themselves, but descendants from slaves. Stella and Richard Wharton, I'm telling you right now, poor as poor could be, one room house, little shack. I learned more about Scripture from people that had a fourth grade education and no more. And and Richard couldn't read. Stella could barely read, but she read the Scriptures. They prayed the Scriptures. I learned more from them. It's going to come from a place you, look. Y'all, you don't know where it's going to come from. Be open to it. Don't quench it. But you know what you have to do? Once you receive it, you have to use it. You have to put it into practice. You have to do the things. People love to tell you in the postmodern church, look, you just, you just pray a little quick, little prayer, put your little pinky up, maybe text a number, and you're good to go. Now, there's some things you have to do. There's some expectations from you. And from me, you have to use what you're taught in the Word of God. You know what? You don't read it one time and it's all stuck in your head. You you're not good to go. You got to keep reading it, keep on reading it. Don't quit. Says so to pray regularly, pray often, pray regularly every day. How you know? How often do you eat? How often do you watch television? How often do you do a lot of things that you do? How often do you put on a suit of clothes? How often do you put on work clothes? How often do you do all those things? Newsflash, folks. Newsflash. You pray, and you read your scriptures. You pray some more, and you do, and you live in the Spirit, and you, and, and you, you, you work on your hurts, habits, and hang-ups with your friends that you can You lift each other up and you encourage each other. But you've got to use it, folks. You've got to use the Word of God. You've got to receive it. You've got to be open to it. Then you've got to use it. You've got to put it into practice. By prayer to God, this is another thing we can do. Verse 17, 23, and 25. We've got to keep praying. I mentioned it a minute ago. You've got to keep praying. Don't pray one time. God didn't answer my prayers. We don't convince ourselves, let alone convince God, You say, I can't sit around and pray all day. Why can't you? Well, I've got to go to work. Really. You're on social media at work. You get every excuse under the sun. Let me run to the... I'm, ooh, I'm thirsty. I'm going to run to the water fountain. Let me go get a cup of coffee. I'm sleepy. Let me go do some gossip over here with some of my workmates. No. How often do you do that? Well, do Pray that often. You replace some of the things, some of your hurts, habits and hang ups, you place that with prayer and reading scripture by the word of God, by prayer to God, prayer with God, Nefesh, the being that prays. That's Hebrew for human that's us. Human beings, the only ones that pray, that we know of. The being that prays, Nefesh, the being that prays. That's what makes us human. Unceasing. Unceasing. We pray. We pray regularly. We say, God, I need you in my life. What in the world will I do without you? We can't quit. We can't quit. That's real deal, folks. That's real deal life right there. I mean, you can't quit. You've got to say, hey, you know, I'm not going to give up on this. Christ on the cross didn't give up on me. I'm not going to give up on him can't turn the Titanic around in a teacup. Give it some time. Have trust in God. This is the the next way, the last way. Have trust in God. Place your faith in God. Believe in God. You don't pray to the air. You pray to God. God is listening. How do we know? By the word of God. Read God's word. Pray to God and then trust in God. What do you trust him for? His peace. Listen, folks, there's nothing better than God's peace. Nothing better. Better than God's peace. There's no peace like God's peace. Come on now. Nothing better than God's peace. Grace and peace be with you all. Amen. Oh, man. That's the real deal. By his preservation. The scripture Talks about being preserved. May the God of Shalom make you completely holy. May your entire spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless for the coming of our Lord Yeshua Messiah. The One is calling you. He's faithful. He will do it. What He says, He will do. He He didn't tell you for no reason. He does it. He says what He'll do, and then He does what He says every time. His preservation. Trust him. His faithfulness. Why can we trust him? We can trust him because he's been faithful. He's been faithful. We look upon all our history. We look at him. We say we've been faithful. And, and somebody said uh the little bit that people could make out from last night, some of the comments I had, uh from the recording was, and again, I'm very sorry about that. We're working on that, we're gonna try to make that a whole lot better. But here's the bottom line this is this is this is the real deal right here, folks. People have said to me, "You look at what happened in Orlando. You look at what happened in 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 the Midwest when the lady got her head cut off by a Muslim at work. You look at what happened in San Bernardino at a at a Christmas party. You say, God, where's God? Where's God? I love it when politicians who who keep God out of every aspect of life, schools, public, the public sphere, all the way public. And now even into the, that's why I'm saying, listen, listen to this show. Senate bill one, listen, listen to the show on Wednesday, but you folks who are in Delaware surrounding areas, if you care at all about your freedom, this happens in Delaware, it's going to sweep across the country. This is why Obama and Joe Biden are so behind this, why they're pushing it and putting so much pressure politically on people. Because it wins here, it's going to sweep across the nation. Let me tell you what, you are not going to like it. But they're all the time after a terrible thing happens. You know they do this, you know you've heard it. Where they say, Our thoughts and prayers are with the families, our thoughts and prayers are with those that are affected by this senseless act. Thoughts and prayers? Who are you praying to? Now all of a sudden, now I can't pray, I can't have a Christian organization, but all of a sudden I can pray, or you can pray, our thoughts and prayers. What is that exactly? What are our thoughts and prayers? See, our thoughts and prayers are with the families. You look at how we're living in the world. You look at how we've cast God out of every aspect of schools, of public office, of the administration of our governance. And then we wonder why. Why has God stepped back and said, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, folks. I've given you the warning. I've given you the warning. I've said to you, hey, don't do it that way. Don't change when you feel the flame. Change when you see the light. You got hurts, habits, and hang-ups? Tell you what. Read my word. Trust in the Holy Spirit that you'll learn about in the word. Pray regularly. And trust in me. Live in me. Look upward. Live a holy life. You say, well, I can't be holy in no sense in trying. Neither can I, folks. But we're to try. Be happy. Always be joyful. Look inward. Find the joy. You find it through prayer. You find it through thanksgiving. You know, you start thanking God for all the stuff you got, all the the good things in your life. Guess what? Be hard to be a a sourpuss. You look outward. You you do active things. You, You do all kinds of different active things, and you'll be hopeful. Look onward. Hey, man, we have heaven waiting for us. We have eternity with Christ waiting for us. We have the living God, not a living God. We don't serve an amazing God. We serve the living God. Islam wants to end that for you. It's a dark, dark, dark religious, political, and military ideology. And I'm telling you, they're 2% overall in the country. What happens when, like France and Belgium and, and other places in and, uh, you know, Greece and these other places in Europe, where they're at 10 and 13% They are taking over, folks. We're going to need preservation. We're going to need peace. We're going to need faithfulness. We're going to need fulfillment. That's what we're going to need. God bless me. That's what we're going to need. We can't give up. We can't quit. Listen, everywhere I go when I speak, there's a whole lot of times where people will say to me, well, I'm a pacifist. I'm a Christian, and I'm a pacifist. I don't believe in any of this business. I don't believe in any. Look, I I don't know. Uh, You know, I I just I don't believe in fighting. I don't believe the Lord is in control. He's put people in authority. He put Obama there. Go listen to some of my messages, the ninja pastor dot com, iTunes. Uh, we're on all those. Listen to some of my messages where I talk about authority and what we're to do as Christians. You'll learn that yeah, we're to be peaceful, but we're still to fight. Scripture says we're to work until he comes. Another uh, a way of putting work is is to fight. We're not told to put on a breastplate and a helmet and a sword and all these and a shield and you know all these things. We're not told all these things as just a, a just a metaphor. But he's faithful. He is faithful. And you know what? He's never fulfilled. There's one unfulfilled prophecy in Scripture. One. And I'm telling you, Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus Christ the Messiah. Man. He's coming back. Scripture says as fast as... As lightning splits the sky from east to west, he is coming back. We better be ready. We better be ready. We better not mess around. We better be ready. better get in the word. We can't quit. We can't give up. We've got to stay in the fight. We've got to stay supporting one another. We've got to stay lifting each other up. We've got to stay helping each other do the right thing. We've got to help when sometimes when we fail, when we fall. We've got to help each other. Sometimes it's more than a five-minute thing, too, folks. I'm going to tell you something. You tell about going and helping somebody. Sometimes it's more than a five-minute thing. Sometimes it's going to take a little while. Sometimes you're going to get your hands dirty. It's never ceased to amaze me how people are so reluctant to get their hands dirty. We're in the fight of... I just look at my generation. And I say, "Generation folks, now, what are we going? We're going to be the ones to give this up. We're going to give this up. What in the world can we be the ones to give up? This generation, the World War II generation, fought so hard for us. This generation that went to Iraq and Afghanistan, they fought so hard for us. How in the world are we going to give up? You say, "Well, the president's in control. Then, then it's toughen up. Let's get him out of there." Don't let somebody like Hillary and say, well, you're a preacher. You're not supposed to be talking about politics. Politics and faith are inexorably linked. It is a part of everything we do. We are fools to think that they're not connected. That's a fact, y'all. He's going to fulfill what he said he's going to do. He's going to do it. How do you learn about those things? Folks, you get in his words. You get in the scripture he gave you. You say, well, man, the Bible's hard to read. Get you, a, get you a translation that's easier to read. I like the Complete Jewish Bible. I have 39, I think it is now, printed Bibles, and I have just about every other Bible there is electronically. I, I usually preach from uh, one of three. It, it's either um, the Complete Jewish Bible or New American Standard or ESV. It's It's usually what I use. But sometimes I'll go to the King James Version because I kind of like sometimes how it's put. When it's accurately put, I like to use it. But a lot of folks say, hey, you know what? I can't read that. It's too hard for me to read. The King James is too hard for me to read. Get you a translation you can read and read it. Take it with you. You know what? If you use a smartphone – If you use uh, an iPad or or, or a tablet or any of those things, any of those, any of those things, folks, I'm telling you, NIV, it's a good one. Any of those platforms, you you don't want to carry around a book, but you carry your iPhone around. You carry your your smartphone around. You carry your, your iPad or your whatever else, Android device. Get all over it. Download one. Most of them are for free. And it costs you a thing. Don't mess around and not have something you need to have for Pete's sake, folks. That's with you all the time. You get delayed. You're sitting on a train. You're sitting on a bus. You're sitting in a cab, or you're waiting for a doctor's appointment, or you're waiting for somebody. You got a job interview, whatever. Well, nothing better you can read to prepare yourself than reading scripture. A little bit here, a little bit there. For long, you'll see. You'll get hooked. You'll get hooked, just like me. I'm telling you, I love the word. I used to have whole books of the Bible memorized. I used to be able to do dramatic recitations of scripture. Crash happened, boom, all gone. I had to relearn it all. Four years ago. Had to relearn it all. I used to say that was one of the worst things ever. I forgot languages, learned you know, learn languages, Hebrew and some Russian and different things, and and I used to say, Man, that's the worst thing. Not to remember. Oh man, come on. I'm getting to learn it again with a better heart. I'm getting to learn it again with a better appreciation of what it costs for me to have that word in my hand. You got to receive it though, you look at, you know, pour yourself into it, receive it. But then you got to use it, you got to do it. Don't let people tell you, don't let some pastor with his hand out wanting you to fill the offering plate tell you that all you have to do is pray a silly little prayer and and Put your pinky up or text this number, and you're saved. No, no, no. You need to understand what you're doing. You can't can't agree to something you don't know what the deal is. You have to read the contract. You have to understand the contract. There are things we have to do. You say, well, it's not by works. You sound like a legalist. No, not at all. But there are fruits of the Spirit, and there are also things that you must understand what it means before you place your faith in Christ. It doesn't mean today. It means every day. It also doesn't mean that you say, hey, man, I'm perfect from here on out. No, nope, doesn't mean that at all. What it means is that we are an imperfect people saved by grace and we're to follow hard after him every single day. Bob Carlyle does a, a song we fall down. Christians are are just saints they're, they're, sinner, they're saints, they fall down, they sin, they fall down, but they get up, they don't stay down. You fall down, let's say you have a failing, you fail in a certain way. You're struggling with something, get in the word, get in Get in deeper in the word, get into praying deeper. Stop filling your head with a bunch of stuff you don't need to fill yourself. Horror shows and movies that glorify all these things. The Lord can't occupy, he will not occupy a space that you've invited darkness into. He'll say, when you're finished washing that mess, we can purify, get all that stuff out of you. Then, then we'll talk. You're the serious or you're not. You know what I mean. Don't mess around with stuff you're not supposed to have anything to do with. Then you'll find his peace. Then you'll be preserved. Then you will understand his faithfulness. Then you will receive his fulfillment. That's a fact, folks. It's not an empty promise. It's not some crazy empty thing. But you have to place your faith in Him. You have to say, God, I don't understand everything about you. I don't. You know what? I've had 11 years of postgraduate education. I have multiple, multiple doctorate degrees, and I'm telling you, I don't understand. Steve from Ohio, this is perfect. I say this all the time. What if we stayed in the Word half as much as we stayed in our phones? Amen. Man, that's some powerful words right there. That's that's the real deal. We stayed in the Word half as much as we stayed on our phone. Somebody tells me I don't have time to read scriptures, but they play Angry Birds. I don't have time to read scripture, but they're on Solitaire. I don't have time to read scripture, but they're on. They got nine hundred thousand posts on Snapchat. By the way, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at the dot Somebody reminded me. I don't. I don't say that enough. At the dot Don't tell me you don't have time. It's the most important thing in your whole life. There's no. There's no more important thing than where your where your soul is. Well, you know. Remember what I said at the beginning here. Just about the beginning. The Hebrews. You know. They don't have a soul. They are a soul. You are a soul. And everything you do to you, impacts your soul. Don't mess around with stuff that, that messes you up. Don't mess around with stuff that takes you away from your mission and your calling in life. Don't mess around with that. Walk away from it. Step away from it. Don't mess around with it. Get away. Turn from it. You're saying, Dr. Sean, what are you, perfect? No. I mean, I have a mountain of stuff. I have a mountain of stuff, and I'm telling you every day, Every day, you just keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. You can't give up. And I'm so glad you joined me today. I'm really honored that you did. I want to encourage you in closing. Look, if you care about anything, go to the website I talked about. Um, let me see. Can I find it? Legis, let's see here. Um well, go to www.legis.delaware.gov. Uh, even if you're not from Delaware, read this bill, Senate Bill 190. I'm telling you, folks, I cannot more assertively. Uh, you, you've, you've, you just, you've just got to do it. You've got to do it. It affects everybody in this country. It passes here. We are in deep, deep trouble. We are in such deep trouble, not just in Delaware. Call Senator Cloutier. Again, be very respectful. Call Senator Ennis. Look, this man is in his 70s. He served honorably. Not on my same team, but hey, there's something to be appreciated about him. 302-653-7566. Folks, that's his home phone number. Be respectful. This phone call should take you no longer than three minutes. Seriously. Senator McBride, retired civil engineer, in his 70s. Treat them with respect, 302-276-1843. Tell them to vote no on Senate Bill 190 because it will permanently change the structure of our government the state of Delaware. You go to legis.delaware.gov and you pull that bill up, I'm telling you, you are going to be appalled. Don't take it lightly. We're to educate ourselves. You say, man, I don't like to be involved in politics. You say, I don't like to get involved in all that mess. Well, you better like what dark and evil people want for your life because that's what's going to happen. You had better like being burned and burned alive and and, and drowned alive and being buried alive and being beheaded and being shot up. Look, that was a a LGBT bar. But guess what? Guess where they're coming? Guess where they're coming? You know where they're coming. They're coming to Disney World and they're coming to Disney World's right right nearby. That's no accident. They're coming all over the place. They're they're gonna be they're gonna be everywhere you go. And they don't care. They're not moved by your, your soft words. Why, why, why are you doing this? While you're while you're crying, why? While you're trying to text somebody, your last words. Cling to your phone. Boy, don't know if you'd have a gun one person with a gun. Now that police officer, I don't know what happened. He was outside. He's a uniformed police officer, exchanged gunfire with him. He didn't win. As I understand it, he's alive, but he didn't win. When they finally did, three hours later, when they finally went in and they assaulted the uh, the place and, and went after the Omar Matif, uh, one of the officers got shot in the head, but his, thank God his Kevlar helmet saved his life. I wonder if uh, one of our friends and Fellow Level 5 graduate, Sheriff Alenzuela, I uh, wonder if maybe her company built that. I'm telling you, folks, look, this stuff is all around us. It's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. We're either going to, going to take an attitude of decide, resolve, and stand, or we're going to fall. We're absolutely going to fall. I don't want it any more than you do. I don't. We gotta keep our keep our spirit right, we've got to keep our hearts right, you gotta keep our soul right. Gotta help each other. We've got to lift each other up. We can't quit, folks. It's up to us. It really and truly is up to us. On the back of my book, I don't I don't even know if I have a copy of my book here, which is bad marketing, I know, but uh you know, on the back of my book it talks about, you know, no pressure, but it really is all up to you. Americans? It's all up to us. We're to get strong in our faith. We better, look, if you're a person on the fence about faith, you better make a decision. Fence sitters need not apply. Because they're coming after us. And listen, you could meet your maker a whole lot sooner than you thought. Do you think those people at Bataclan in France, hundred and some people thought that this was going to be the last night on earth? Nope, they sure didn't. Do you think that the people at Pulse in Orlando, Florida, had any idea this was the last night on earth? No. They did not. Omar Matif, he did. He knew he's probably going to die. Before the day is over, he's probably going to die. And he didn't care. I've told you before, Islam is, is, is a ideology of death and darkness and ruin. It's never been anywhere in the world that it's been a blessing, only a curse. I'd love to have better news for you about Islam, but folks, the folks that are out there telling you, whether in the public eye or the pulpits all across America or the politicians, I'm telling you, if they're telling you that it's a religion of peace, they're liars. Probably 150 hours of this radio show over the last several years where I've given you more detail about Islam, <coughs> more facts from their holy books, more facts from their, from their ancillary sacred documents. I've had guest after guest on here. I've had Eric Stacklebeck. I've had I've had Mr. Jim Simpson. I've had uh William Federer for good lands, folks. Those three right there, you can't barely argue with. Over and over and over. So many people. I'm considered uh, internationally to be an international expert on Islam. I've told you. You don't take my word for it. Take all those others' word for it. I don't, but don't take the politician's word. Don't take the pastor. If you're in a church right now that the pastor is standing up there every week talking about uh, it's a religion of peace, get him a book. Get him Umdad al Salik or The Reliance of the Traveler. That's the English translation. And get him a Quran. Go through and start, start highlighting some surahs. Say, listen. Before you before you say that again, you better study a little bit, because you're 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 not teaching the truth. They won't quit until they're dead. I'm telling you. We are trained to whine from birth. They're trained to kill from birth. On my blog post, you'll see a a a meme there that has a very similar thing written. While we're teaching our kids to be all hurt and wear. Lilac-colored anti, or pink-colored anti-bullying, and, you know, I would come up with a shirt. Hashtag Islam hurts. Have it be lilac and color Don't want to mess anybody up. Don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Islam, hashtag Islam is mean. Or a little lilac shirt. It's made a little on the front. Be one. On the back, have another. It's a real deal, folks. It's a real deal. I'm not making this stuff up. Please don't 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 cast it aside. Don't cast what I've said to you about scripture. Don't cast it aside. Don't put it off. Don't do it. I mean, you don't know. There's a whole lot of malls around. There's a whole lot of public places and large gatherings. There's a whole lot of Listen, you better keep short accounts with God. Share this message with your friends. Share the link. I know my buddy Craig from New York. He he was having trouble getting and staying logged in. After we close out this show, they'll, the technology people will clean it up, and then I'll post the, um, the links, and it should be smooth and clear. Thank you so much for joining me. If you want to sew into what we do, theninjapastor.com. There's a donate uh, thing there. You Click on that. It's very, very super safe. We've done it the safest possible way. If you want to sew into this ministry, we appreciate you doing it. Every penny goes back into this ministry. Thank you so much to all the people uh, that have just been amazing to keep us going. A lot of people lift me up. A lot of people encourage me. Praise God for that. I need it. Folks, see us on Wednesday, Wednesday at 4 p.m. It's going to be a show you won't forget. Allison Lorkowski of VoteBiblically.com and then Nicole Tice of Delaware Family Policy Council, Delaware Strong Families. I'm telling you right now, it's going to rock your world. So it's serious business, but you'll enjoy these ladies. Take good care. We'll talk to you then, Wednesday at 4, theninjapastor.com, drshawngreener.com, God and Country Radio show page on Facebook. Follow me at The Ninja Pastor on Twitter. God bless you.
0: Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at the Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www.drSeanGreener.com. In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight.